Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. All right, we're now on season six, episode 11, Where Truth Lies, and this aired on 12-23-2018. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Um, We start with Eric and Leda, and Eric is going to meet his daughters for dinner, and they're all pissed off at him. Okay, first of all, why is the 11-year-old part of this dinner? Because they're solidarity sister. She's 11. This is an adult conversation. I know, but it's like, it's more of like the sisters against dad conversation. And it's underlined her, the inappropriateness of her presence by her reaction, which is, (laughs) (laughs) she just says, over and over again, which I actually loved because it's like, what else can you say? It's just so apt. The thing that's funny about it is it's like, I get it that like the three sisters are all going to stand, but that little one just kind of goes with the flow. She does. She's kind of a voice of reason, to be honest. She goes with everybody. She goes, she's with the girls, right? And of course they put her on dad's side of the booth. And so she's there. She's like, hey, I'm just here for the food. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to hear it, sit here and sister. enjoy. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just going to enjoy you guys rant. Cause she really does not, she's not going to fight with her now. She's 11. She's like, I don't really give a fuck. Um, and then, you know, she, so I just feel like she's there because she's a sister and she's part yeah. of the group, but no, I get it. I totally get it. So they're pissed off at him. And Eric reminds Tasha that she knew she was going to have to move out and that the lady was coming, you know, but Tasha said it doesn't justify how it was done, and she's totally right. You know, the way it was yeah. done was not okay. The fact that he was, like, on speaker, Telling on Leda's phone. Shit. Yeah, that's not right. And she kept saying, well, I'll leave, I'll leave. You know, like... He should have been like, look, if you can't literally wait till I get home from work to deal with this situation in a calm, collected manner, then go ahead. You know, he needs to call her bluff, by the way. He does. Go back to Indonesia, mm-hmm. then. Like, let her, let her do it. I thought one thing that was interesting that I think he's going to catch a lot of heat for is he says, he doesn't just say to justify this, that like Tasha was supposed to move out before or whatever, whatever. He doesn't just stick to the facts. He says, I'm upset my kids are upset, but late is my last chance at love. I'm doing something for me now. I've been taking care of them, you know, for 30 years. And I think that it's oh, kind yeah. of cool that he came out and admitted that he was doing something. And I guess you could use the word selfish. I'm using it for lack of a better word. Yeah. I'd say maybe self-interested. Like he's doing something, quote unquote, for himself. I do take some issue with the fact that his logic is, oh, I can screw over Tasha now because I took care of her for 19 years. She's your child. You know, yeah. she didn't ask to come into the world you brought her into the world. Your yeah. responsibility was and it remains to care for her. It's called so you being a parent. You, it, he's acting like it's a quid pro quo. Like, yeah. I took care of you for all that time. Now you need to help me out. And it's like, no, that's not actually how it works. And I understand about, like, look, I raised you guys. You're on your own now. And now i got to take care of me. I get that. Yeah, but, but not this, at their expense. Okay, but I get that. But even even if you agreed that it was at their, it didn't matter. Like, just quid pro quo, yes. When they turn 18, you're no longer responsible. Even if you bought that argument, he has an 11-year-old. Exactly. So he's not done. He's not out of the woods yet. He's not yet. ready to be, and what is he, like dying? It's his last shot at love? He's 40. And he got divorced in 2016, he as I recall. He just got divorced. He hasn't even been single So he long. hasn't been what like is, alone is for Tanya years. Is Tanya remarried? I mean, like, what's the deal? Well, she's probably not remarried because she's worried about the kids. Yeah, I really, I, 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 I don't judge him for this. I really don't because I'm selfish and self-interested as well. I think everybody is. But I don't think he's presenting himself in an attractive way here to the no, audience. No, it just makes him sound stupid because this is what it means to be a parent. You're not just a parent for 18 years. No. You're a parent forever. And, you know... He's I, acting like this is like a self-care thing. It's like buy yourself an aromatherapy candle. Don't kick your daughter out of no, your house. No, when she's... When, she, when the youngest one is 18, then you have a little bit more justification to say, look, 
I, because it's true. I mean, people ask me this all the time. They're like, can we put something, do we have to put something in our marital settlement agreement, you know, when they're getting a divorce about paying for college or who's going to take mm. care of it? Like, no, your legal responsibility is until they turn 18. Yeah. And I tell my kids all the time, you know, they shouldn't rely on us to pay for college because if we decide to pay for college Great. or help them, it's a gift. Yeah. It's not a right. It's not an entitlement. You know, you're not, you, it's not your right to go I to I personally college, agree with paper. you. I don't think everybody would agree with no, that. No, no, no. I agree with you. Well, and Cal, the state of California. No, I mean from an agrees. emotional standpoint. But from an emotional, and, and But abs- I agree with you. But absolutely, yes. I would help my children. And I would never let my children go homeless. I would always. You I don't know, think it, she's homeless. I think the whole idea was she was basically no, living no, no, at no, her no. boyfriend's anyway. I, I'm not even talking about Tasha. Yeah, in yeah, situation. yeah, yeah. No, I'm I know. In general, like I tell my kids also that the lease is up at when they turn 18 on our house mm-hmm. and they got to move out. <laughs> I like to make clear to my children that my house is not their house. Yeah. It is their home. And our money is not their money. <laughs> exactly. Because people, I remember growing up and I went to school with a lot of kids Me who too. had a lot of money. Rich kids. And they were like, you know, well, I have this now. No, you don't. Your no. parents have that. You're living at the pleasure of your parents. And basically. a lot of what happened to a lot of those kids is they're still living at the pleasure of their parents. Yeah. Because they can't function on their own. And that's okay. You know, I don't judge other parents. I refuse to do it. But for me, my personal choice with my children is to try to make sure that they don't feel entitled. And I think yeah. my parents did a really good job of that with me. We had a lot less money when I was a little kid mm-hmm. than we did by the time I was a teenager because my dad had gone from the public sector to the private sector. Mm-hmm. And yet I never felt ever that their money was my money, no matter how much or how little they had. I grew up thinking we were poor. Yeah, and you're just like, ooh, I get to have, I get to go out to dinner or I get to yeah, we have my own room. Or... And it's, it's something I struggle with because... You know, we would go to the store with my mom, and my mom would just be like, no, I'm not buying you that. Same. And my, I take my daughter to go get, you know, gifts for friends or whatever, and we go to Target, and then she'll stop at, like, the little dollar section, or she'll, she'll see, just start throwing she'll things see into the cart, right? She'll five bucks and be like, it's only $5. It's only $5. And $5. I'm like, you know, it is only $5. But then... I obsess over paying $5 for shipping. Like, I refuse to do it. But then I look at my house, and I'm like, why do we have so much shit? And it's because we have just a lot of crap. It's stuff that we don't need, and I'm really trying... Be, especially with this remodel that we're doing, like to get rid of a lot of the stuff. I give it away. Like I, you yeah. know, I give oh, stuff away sure. to Lebanon. My mother-in-law, bless her heart, takes like two or three huge pieces of luggage full of stuff from the family and from people that she knows, cast-offs, oh, good yeah. stuff, yeah. over to Lebanon and comes home with three empty huge yeah. empty suitcases and these people like really really need it and use it. Oh, absolutely. My mom belongs to this church where there are a lot of immigrants and young kids and families. And so we give all of our stuff there too. But toys, the problem is that there aren't a lot of places where you can donate toys. Really? Yes. Goodwill won't take them. Why? Because they can't resell them. Oh. They don't sell, so they don't take them. And so I literally have... There have to be charities for toys. I've there tried, have to be. but then they say they... Cut, like, there was one oh my God. shelter and they take baby stuff. And so we took baby stuff, but they can't take... Toys, and I don't know what the logic is, but I guess it's Cal- by California is law. Is it like a like, sanitary we issue? Cannot do- I don't know, but I it's really frustrating because I literally have three hefty bags full of toys that yeah. I'm, that are in my garage that I want to give away. And there's this thing um, through Facebook; it's an Alameda Parent Swap. Oh, sure. That you can get, but the problem with that is that you have to take individual pictures. Of things you're trying to give away. And I'm you can't like, just give away the mystery bag. I'm like, here's a bag of shit. If you yeah. want to go through it, go through So I don't want to have to go through the hassle of pulling each thing out and taking a picture of it. I just want it gone. Yeah. So it's really hard to give away that kind of stuff. But I mean, I am... And it's hard to say no to your kids. So what we have already decided... Well, with my kids, I don't... Like, now they have so much shit that I'm just going to get rid of it. No, I'm not saying you don't do it. But at the end of the day, that's the no, hard thing. No, it is hard. Thing. It's hard to say no because it's not... Like, I remember my mom it. always saying, you know, no, we don't have money for that. We don't have money for that. Yeah. And now I look at them retired and I'm like, you totally had money for that, but you just didn't. <laughs> Which I respect. I think that they, my dad has always been like, just because you can afford it doesn't mean you need it. Right. And he's always lived by what you need, not what you can afford. Yeah. And I like, you would always think that like he has no money or he's just like very, mo- you know, has very modest money. 
they didn't make a lot of money and my parents didn't make a lot of money, but they saved and my dad's an incredible with money. So they invested. They have so much money now. But if you looked at their house, it's like modest. They did like modest quote unquote remodels where they just like remodest. Yeah, they repainted like the tile in their bathroom. But that's like Eric. But that yeah, very, very simple but versus Leda, who when they this had is where this a ton of money. <laughs> They just don't spend it. He's like, I have what I need, and I don't need to spend all this That's money. That's true. Eric doesn't seem to have a lot of money. Um, so anyway, he says, there is one thing. He says, I had no control over how this played out. That is bullshit. He had 100% control. Yeah, and, and Tasha he, calls him on it. And yeah. so does the other sister. She I should. Tanil says that he could have done Tenille. better to prevent the situation rather than have to do cleanup afterwards. A and he's thousand totally percent. right. That's the key point, really. Yeah, and Leda's the one who made him choose. She made, she, she, he created the situation and then ultimately she made him, she forced yeah. him to choose because she said, I'll go back to Indonesia. I'll go back. And he fell for it. I don't know why he thinks so little of himself that he thinks that this woman is so I think so you put amazing. your finger on it. I think it's I mean, a self-esteem he, issue. Oh God, it has to be. I didn't think about it before, but it tracks. Cause like, I don't understand why he thinks she's so great. You know, I don't I think just, any of us understands that. No, and Tasha says she's not going to the wedding, and I'm saying don't. Like, why would they? Like, he's like, it would really be disappointing if they didn't support me. Why would they support your marriage? Your wife basically called your daughter a bitch, your new wife. Like, I mean, come on. How can you expect them to be excited to go to your wedding? You essentially chose your new wife and the way that she treated your daughter over your daughter. I agree. So it does not look good. No, it's a bad look for him. <sighs> so I'm glad they decided they don't want to go and they shouldn't. I think they're going to go. So then we get to Stephen and Olga. And this is a Stephenless scene, which makes it marginally less depressing. Although I was like, wait, don't leave the baby. Anna's apartment's hella nice. Anna? Olga goes to visit her best friend, Anna, who I guess lives in Moscow. Yeah. they're visiting. They met before, remember? They met Stephen. And just judging by the salad that they were eating, I'm guessing Anna is some kind of like Russian Fitzbo model because what the hell was that thing? It was just like lettuce and like chopped up vegetables. I didn't see a drop of dressing. I know. It was, they, it was uh, like hard to watch them like eating that, like crunching away at it. But I was really sad. I was scared that she left without the baby. I know. I, I keep getting these like Sally Field. I know. Flashbacks. Not without my baby. Um, At least they're not in she, Iran. Or she's so and she, Iran. she's so like passive. You know, like I think I don't she, think so. I think that she is. I don't think she's passive. I think that if Stephen actually tried to take that kid, mm-hmm. she would come at him like a bear. Maybe she would if she were forced in that position. But the way she acts now is just very um like she's scared she's like a scared animal and she's so Maybe. like she needs some Leda Fernanda level passion see I think that still waters run deep um yeah. I, I think she's got some real backbone and she's being very very smart in handling him because I think that the best and only way to diffuse the kind of manic energy and temperament that Stephen keeps throwing at her is to just be Calm, cool, collected, apologize, even mm-hmm. if you didn't do anything wrong. And I'm not saying this is a good way to be in the sense that it sounds kind of scary when you talk about it like that. Mm-hmm. But I certainly think that it's effective. Yeah. I think she disarms him. And if what, what if she was coming at him with the kind of energy that no, he was bringing? No, it's true. It would be a disastrous, combustible situation with a baby in the room. That's true. What the hell else is she supposed to do? And, you know... Anna doesn't trust Stephen and doesn't, and she's right not to. Yeah. She doesn't think he's even applied for her visa. Well, and we find out later in the episode, by this point he has. Right, but she's but like, he what, didn't don't do what you he have said he did. any paperwork or do you have any paperwork? Which is really weird. I mean, how do you even go about, and I don't know, but how do you even go about applying for a K-1 visa as a private citizen as opposed to just as an attorney? Like, without the, the person being involved in the paperwork. Like, does he know her middle name? Does he know what... I remember he when he was... asked her those questions. I know, but I remember when he was looking online at the info for applying for Richie's American passport, he didn't know what SS... 
and meant. I know. Social security number, I think it was. <laughs> yes, like, it is. We're supposed to think he can navigate the Russian system if he doesn't even know what an American social security number is? Well, the visa, he's a, getting her, he's not getting her a Russian visa. No, but he needs Russian demographic information. Right. Like, whatever the Russian equivalents are. Yeah, but are, she could have just right? sent him that stuff. I mean, she could have just said, here's all, he's, he could have sent her the form, blank form, and said, I need but all she, of But that's my point. Like, she's saying she never saw any of it. After it was already filed. Oh, so you think she she I filled she out the blank him. form? Yeah, I think she oh, had to fill it out. But I got the impression that she was just she thinking just magically no it was going to come about. That it was a, that the application went through. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think I was wrong then. Um, okay, so now we have uh, Kalani and Azuelu. What's with the freaking Airbnbs, man? Well, because she can't stay with Lini. Yeah, what about her parents? She's already living in their I house. I don't know what they live in. In Utah. I'm just saying, like, it's a little weird. I know. The whole thing is weird. I don't... If the family's so close, and they're this big Mormon family, you know, like, they can't take her in for a couple of days? I know. So she can get married? So they're getting married on a boat, and they need to rush to get ready. And, again, got me pregnant on purpose. I can't with these people. Gross. Like, I just can't. Like, it's so stupid. It's it's such a ridiculous thing to say. Like, I just can't even... For somebody so sophisticated, this... This she's abdicating responsibility taking. for this pregnancy. Yeah. And I don't and like it, it. It's it's really weird. I don't like it either. It's very anachronistic. Okay. So do you have anything left for them? No. Okay. So now we go to John and Fernanda. And this is the this is what I was referring to when I said that she is the most mature person in the history of this show. She's a and paradigm. She's more mature than I am. Easily. I um, mean for myself. So she wrote a letter. A clear, a clear kind, letter, fair, and just the, loving letter. Like I, my husband and I did this when we were dating because you wrote letters. We wrote emails, That's which cool. is like the new equivalent. And it was because I tend to get very emotional when we fight, and Chris shuts down. Shuts down. Yeah. And we would, I tell you, the most we ever fought about in our whole life together has always been about his ex-wife. And j- oh, and I didn't son. know that. And it's not like because I know he doesn't get along with her, and she. But just like, I am a planner, and so so many plans have been screwed up by her because she changes her mind at the last minute, and you can't control and it, and I he have can't no control, control it, and he has a very different dynamic with her. Mm-hmm. She's always been their whole marriage. She was always in control. She's older than he is, so like for. For them, they have this weird dynamic that I've never been a part of. And why would that work for you? And I mean, so that for wouldn't... me to see it, I'm just like, why would you not stand up? But he's so terrified that he thinks she has the potential to take the kid away or did at the time mm-hmm. that we would just get in these huge fights. And so, and I always get emotional and fly off the handle. So what we would, what I would do is when he would go to work and I would be home, mm-hmm. I would write him this long email and say, That's smart. I just want to explain to you in a calm way so I can get everything out because you never say what you want to say when you're in the middle of a fight. You don't communicate you what can. you need to get you across. You just scream. And yeah. so I, we, I'd write to him and then he would write back. And so it was a really work effective way. But I felt like when she, that she wrote him a letter, it was totally like this mature thing where she's like, I want to make sure I always get emotional and I want to make sure that I say what I, what I really want to say. And that she was like, you know, I sometimes, I have to be the first to apologize. And beyond that, apologizing doesn't mean I lost. If he wins, I win. I mean, she's incredible. That should be like on a family therapist's office in a frame. Yeah, totally. Like, like what? I've never even inc- heard that before, and it's the smartest thing I've ever heard. She's incredible. Like, that is so not... An- For people who are like, she's too young, she's too... She's more mature than John. And he... Oh, by leaps and bounds. And he re- is so receptive. And he's honest about his own shortcomings, which right. I really liked. They're both... I think that when you <coughs> apologize... Like, when you do what she did, where she says, I was wrong and I shouldn't have... When you do that, you you take the fight out of the other person. Yeah, and they're and immediately going to apologize. They're immediately forced to say, okay, well, here's my... I did something wrong, too. Yeah. I mean, this is something that we teach... That we taught actually, when I worked at a big firm with a corporation who shall remain nameless, <laughs> um, and they were being sued, and everybody was upset, and the CEO we were representing the company, so we were t- we were meeting with the CEO a lot, and he was supposed to go in front of Congress, and 
the, our advice to the CEO was, I know you weren't a part of this. I know it had nothing to do with you. It was the board of directors, but you're the CEO. So just accept responsibility. Mea culpa. They, they won't be able to say anything to you. Mm-hmm. And he did. He's like, the buck stops with me. I should have known. I should have been more involved. Mm-hmm. I what are they going to say to that? I talk with and they're like, I, 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 they t- it takes the wind out of their sales. sales so yeah. they can't say. And so, and that's essentially, she, she wasn't trying to be manipulative. She was just like, hey, look, I'm sorry. I reacted poorly. I just need, this is why I did. I'm, you know, she makes herself vulnerable. And in return, he is just like, how did I end up with such an amazing girl? And quite frankly, I don't know, John. He's, I really he's, don't know. He, it was the luck of his life. She's great for him. I mean, I think that like, I hope that his mother is watching this. and is, She's going to be completely won over. Is Are like, you kidding okay, me? Okay, I was an idiot and she's not too his young His mom's not a terrible person. He handled the whole thing so poorly yeah. that she was thrown off. Fernanda's going to win her over, has already won her over. Yeah. I have no doubt about it. I think my favorite thing, even better than the comment that she originally made about apologizing, was at the end of the segment she says something like, I have a selective memory. Mm-hmm. I just want to remember the good moments. So we'll be happy. I was like... Yup. If you can manage to, you know, and it's not about ignoring problems. It's about when the problem has been resolved, not holding on on to the grudge, apologizing, genuinely moving on and just remembering the good stuff. Yeah. You are going to be happy Mm -hmm. forever in your marriage. She has just in one segment of 90 day fiance season six, given us the secret to a long and happy marriage. Thank you, Fernanda. Yeah, exactly. If everybody took her lead, and was tried to resolve things. The but world being, would be a much better place. Person and taking the, that step and just making yourself vulnerable and admitting. She's like the exact foil to our president, our oh current president. He's such an idiot. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm not trying no, to even true. insult him. I'm just no, saying, no. honestly, if you look at them side by side, like they are literally perfect foils where she takes responsibility. She thinks plays the long game. Yeah. She's concerned about people other than herself. You know, she's non-reactive when she can help it, yeah. you know, and he's like this the, ball of fury, yeah. you know, orange fury. All right. So then we go to Ashley and Jay and Jay's getting ready for his wedding in his pimp red suit. It's a hella nice suit. It I thought is. he looked really handsome and I really liked he had like bracelets or maybe a watch that had you know stone like some kind of gemstone I don't know but he had this he had really nice jewelry too. The, he had the bling bow tie and the bow tie was adorable bling I loved bow tie. it I loved his outfit I thought he looked fantastic I thought he very did appropriate for Vegas I didn't love his commentary where he's just like holy shit this is becoming real and he says that he's come too <sighs> far to back down now I thought their wedding was really depressing and oh, not just because they eloped and they were standing in front of Elvis in a chapel in Vegas, but because the whole thing was way too jokey. You can't, you can't oh, joke yeah. through a wedding. No, it was too, I mean, Ashley looked beautiful. I didn't like her dress. I didn't think it flattered her. But I thought she, I think she looked beautiful. And I thought that she's, was it her that said, no one is a hundred percent ready to be married unless you're 50? No, he said that. He said that. I think that's yeah. wrong. Completely wrong. I was, I was 100% ready to get married, and I was like 26 or something. I was 100%. Well, I was 37. Maybe I was 27. But I was 100% ready, and I was not nervous at I all. I wasn't nervous either. I was not. Nerves was, I've never questioned was it. was not the, the feeling. Like, I was. Or apprehension. Or I apprehension. It was like, I was saying. excited to just like, okay, let's go on to the, let's get this wedding done. And, 100%. You know? So, anyway. So, <laughs> when he said marriage, it just reminded me of the princess wife. Yes. The princess bride. Yes. Marriage. Yes. Um, so, anyway, first couple. One couple down. She looked so sad They're in married. the limo afterwards. Well, you just got married by a crazy Elvis. Come on. But she couldn't even, like, put on a happy face with a camera that was right oh, in front of her. I mean, it was really depressing. The whole thing was depressing. So, then we go to another... P- the other Vegas people, Colt and Larissa, and Debbie's looking for a recipe for homemade pizza. That sounds Yum. bomb. I'm so hungry right now. I know. Colt talks to his mom about her and Larissa and Debbie. As soon as he starts talking about how they have to mend their friendship, Debbie starts cleaning up the kitchen. I thought it was pretty gnarly that he said they hadn't spoken in weeks. It's so awkward. That's like, very how can awkward. You live in the same, and their house is not that big. No. So it's weird. And I agree with Debbie that 100%, she is not the one that needs to apologize. It needs to be Larissa. But this is the thing. Take a page out of Fernanda. Fernanda's book. Yeah. One of you, just be the bigger person. Yeah, and it really honestly should probably be Debbie. Debbie's the one 
who is in her comfort zone. She's in her home. You know, she's the one who is, other than Larissa Cummings, she's in a relatively stable situation. Yeah. Larissa has had her whole life, like, kind of change mm-hmm. in a moment and is reacting poorly to that, granted. Mm-hmm. But if I were Debbie, I can honestly say that I would apologize. I agree. Just to get the ball rolling. I agree. I mean, just be the bigger person. And it's I'd funny. rather that than not talk to somebody that I live with for weeks. Like, that's so much worse. Imagine mm-hmm. the kind of emotional energy that goes into, like, avoiding someone and, you know, using yeah, your cat-like reflexes. It's worse for, for Larissa. Yeah, I think it is worse for Larissa, but it's still pretty crappy for Debbie, and I wouldn't want to live like that. I no, would totally no, apologize. Did you hear Debbie whisper? She's a bitch. I can honestly say, and I, I really don't want to toot my own horn here, uh-huh. but I, I, I years ago adopted the, I'm just going to apologize route. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. really, I did. And I actually do it. That is how I live my life. When I, I have problems with, with people, all the time. I just apologize. I take response because I can always find something and usually many more things than one thing that I did wrong. Oh, of course. So I always take ownership of my stuff uh-huh. and whether, whether they, with no real expectation that the other person will either. Yeah. So I don't then get like mad if the other person doesn't apologize back. I just say, I'm going to divest myself of the baggage that I have created. Right. Because then and you, it almost always works, by the way. Yeah. Well, also, if you apologize and they don't, that's the, then they're the ones who are going to be, you know, upset about it or whatever. Yeah, they, you know, they they're, they're holding that. on to it. I don't have not. to carry it anymore. Yep, that's right. Um, okay, so now we go to... Um, Eric and Leda. Eric and Leda. She finally found her maid of honor, the makeup artist. <laughs> The only person who wants to, like, talk to her, and she's paying her. She goes to this trial appointment, and poor Alessandro, he gets dragged around. By the way, I didn't have a makeup trial for my wedding, my, like, actual wedding where my family was going to be there. I did. I'm just saying, like, I'm not not against makeup trials. I'm just saying, is that the, like, really important thing here? To spend money on, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, you you, you just, you don't even have a bed, right? I know, I know. No, for them, their priorities are screwed. We did ha- I did have a makeup trial. Sure, sure. Again, I'm not criticizing No, I know, it. I know. And I had a hair, and then I had a, I had a makeup trial the morning of our engagement photos. I had the opposite of a trial. I had all my hair cut off on the day of my wedding. You did? Literally all of it. I got a pixie cut on the day of my wedding. Oh my gosh. That is brave. Which is literally the opposite of having like no, a hair trial. No, it totally is. Although I have to say that when they were doing my hair, I had it like in a low bun. And when they were doing it, because my hair is so long and thick, they were it, they were like oh, yeah. making it, thinning it out and everything mm-hmm. to get it to all like work. Oh, nice. It looked like a small dog was on the floor <laughs> when they were finished because I had so much I'm hair. I'm surprised you let them cut it at all because oh, most people and, don't cut their hair on their wedding day. Yeah, I was like, well, because it was going to be in a bun and so, so it doesn't like, really matter. Make yeah. It work, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, but it was crazy. Anyway, so she has it. Poor Alessandro. And, you know, she just keeps. She says she doesn't know how to do her hair and her makeup because she has a hair and makeup she's team in Indonesia. She's in Indonesia. She's got a hair and makeup team because she's yeah. she's the Indonesian Erica Jane. She didn't come off very well. No, but her makeup looks great. Yeah. Um, well, she's beautiful, and of course, she's talking to the makeup artist, and she has to bring up the stupid child support crap again. We all get into personal topics with our I know, but stylists the, bitching about child support. Like, let it go. Um, but wow, her skin flawless. Agreed. Okay. Now we go to Kehlani and Asuelu and it's day before the wedding and she's getting her nails did with her mom and her sister. This was like a very awkward, like judgy pedicure session. It was, but I have to say, you know what? It's been annoying me because I couldn't figure out who Kalini reminds me of. Hmm. She reminds me of a young Kyle Richards. Oh, totally. It was totally yeah. driving me crazy. And it was, was like, bugging me, too. Oh, yeah. She looks like Kyle. Because like, she like looks like mouth. a movie star or something. She looks like somebody. And I think and the jaw. It's the mouth it's and the, the jawline. Jaw, yeah. And the hair, obviously. Yes. Um, and so then she asks Kehlani if she's going to drink at the bachelorette party. And it's super awkward. And I couldn't understand why she would ask that question. But then I remember she's, oh, she's breastfeeding. Yeah. That so it made sense. But it's awkward. But then I'm like, wait a minute, aren't you guys Mormon? I'm so confused by this. Mormons are not allowed to drink. I can say that with certainty. I no, have a I lot know. of Mormon friends. They're not allowed to drink. How is this happening? I, it's very strange. I thought that was very odd. So then she's like, Well, I'll drink for you. Um, I'm like, okay, whatever. It's just it was very I'm not odd. judging them. Like you have whatever religion you want. You know, take or leave whatever aspects of that religion you want. But I will say that of all the religions, Mormonism is especially yeah. anti-drinking. 
It's not and like they're just Christians who drink. No, it's like it's it's very true. It's one of the tenants, like and yeah. no caffeine and the caffeine thing is crazy. Although, aren't they allowed to have Coke? No, I That's, swear to God, Mormons drink Coke. Well, they may drink Coke, but they're not supposed to have caffeine because no, like Coke was made for Mormons or something oh, like no. that. I thought because I went to a, a Mormon wedding one time with my mom. One of the aides at her school was a um, was Mormon, and so we got invited to the wedding. It was really interesting. The thing was that you they they had an, a separate room where they had opened all the gifts <coughs> and had them oh. on display. Oh, nice! So you could see what they received, and then they didn't have coffee or tea or anything um, or booze or booze and they only had fruit punch so oh. their addiction typically i have and, to google this i'm sorry just keep talking I'm i know a minute i'm to google this i swear yeah, go mormons drink coke and it was like a conspiracy to make coca-cola for mormons I and swear. you know why i think that their addiction instead of because they don't have caffeine or alcohol they have a lot of sugar they have a lot of... Sh- yeah, Mormon ownership of Coca-Cola, first of all. That's weird. Many people assume Coca... I'm looking, I'm reading on NPR.com.org. Yeah. Many people assume Coca-Cola and other caffeinated drinks are forbidden under Mormon church doctrine. The truth is more complicated and has been a long-running subject of debate among Mormons. Okay. And now this is saying... While many Mormons avoid co- Coke, not all do. There is a code that Mormons follow, a dietary code called the word of wisdom and its history is rather complex and a bit ambiguous. So that's one article which doesn't really help. Oh, and then a Huffington Post article says Mormon caffeine policy clarified Coke and Pepsi officially okay for Latter-day Saints. And this is from 2012. Okay, so maybe it's a recent thing. Maybe it's a recent that thing. That they like have decided. And I only say that because my Mormon friends drink Coke and they've told me like, "Yes, this is all we're allowed to drink." Kind of okay, thing. so that that must be a new thing. Well, the wedding so I went to was Pre two thousand twelve. Pre two thousand twelve. All right. Well, but there you the, go, and then. they had. We're punch. both right. And I, remember, I apologize no. <laughs> for my part and in this. I apologize too because I clearly was thinking with a pro with the pre two thousand twelve um, information, and I remember that they had um, punch. And I know my mom said that a lot of them have a lot of sugar, and that's sort of their like their version of caffeine, their, their addiction, yeah, which works. And so I get that, but. Um, Anyway, that was very confusing because they were all focused on the drinking. And then Kalani's like, they were all awkward. And then the mom is like, "Eh, that's weird. The whole thing was awkward. It was awkward. So then we go back to more awkward and we go to Stephen and Olga. Yeah, this was a a huge, huge amount of stuff that they tried to fit into this little segment. They did. um, Because I'm, I'm trying to think, but I don't think that Stephen and Olga are in... The season finale. Really? Mm. I haven't seen it yet. It uh, has actually, as of this recording, it has oh, been aired. I did. They did show them, but very briefly. Briefly. So I think they pretty much wrap them up here, and then they show them very briefly in the in the next episode. But this okay. is the part where they're on a date, and Anna's watching the baby for them, and Stephen admits to this big shocker. He admits that he did not apply for her visa when he when told, he her, told he had. her he had. And had he done it then, she would have been approved by now. Approved a month before. And, yeah, and would have been able to go back to the U.S. with Stephen and the baby. And what's really interesting here, and I applaud him because not only is he admitting the lie, but he's also admitting that it wasn't just that he was being lazy or he forgot or he screwed up the paperwork and it didn't really go through. He is saying he actually purposefully didn't do it because he, he was hesitating. how things were going to go. Yeah, so I think it's good that he really fully came clean because he easily he could have did. told like a half-truth here and gotten away with it. It did, but it did also seem like, I mean, it was shady as fuck. Like, it seemed like his plan was to take the baby without Olga all along. Yeah, because what other explanation is there? Like, he was either considering abandoning the baby. But he was never going to do that. Right. Because that was his whole focus. Yeah, so so the implication is that he wanted to take the baby away from her. And I think it's interesting, too, that now he says to her, oh, I'm not going to take the baby away from you. I don't want to be an ass. This is my fault. I'm the one who waited. So it's interesting. It's like... He came to Russia, he got to know her, he decided she was worthy of taking care of his son, and so he ultimately came clean and like let her keep Richie. I think that if he had decided against her mm-hmm. in this like trial period that she didn't know was a trial period because she thought she was well on her way to the States, right? he would have 
essentially tried to take the baby. Yeah. And, and left her behind. And, and, and but then and I think. even never applied for the visa. And I think the reality and reason, you know, reality set in and reason set in when he had to take the baby for three hours without Olga around. Mm-hmm. Oh, And 100%. he was like, holy shit, what? And she's or, an amazing mother. And when he was probably babysitting the baby while she went to, and I say babysitting on purpose. Yeah, um, when right, he I know. Went to, when she went it's to fitting. Anna's house to, you know, meet with her friend while Stephen stayed back. So I, you know, then Stephen proposes to Olga and she's like overwhelmed with relief and he says he's not going to take the baby. It's all so pat. It's just weird. I don't know. I don't know why she's so excited about this guy except that she does have his baby now. She just has his baby. She's smart enough to know that she's stuck with this guy. She has to deal with him. I still don't like them. As I a, think they're a horrible couple. I think so too. I think and, she's and great. I don't trust and he's him. Terrible. I think he's shady. Um, so anyway, I think he's the worst. Yeah. That's why I'm so depressed about. It was never about Olga. No. I wouldn't have even been depressed if this whole storyline was just about Olga being a single mother. I would have been like, okay, you got this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not ideal, but like, yes, I have full confidence in Olga in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Stephen, I think, is a train wreck. Oh, I agree. Um, okay, so now we go to Eric and Leda, and Eric, Leda is dress shopping alone because she's a horrible bitch and nobody likes her. She should have brought her makeup artist. I know. Well, she says it's because, you know, nobody wants to go with her because she's a horrible bitch. Yeah, she doesn't have any friends. Um, she says that she bought dresses from Indonesia, but she wants to look at the American fashions. Mm-hmm. And after she does, she ultimately decides to wear her one of her Indonesian restaurant uh, <laughs> dresses, uh, which I totally eye rolled because I'm like, God, how obnoxious. Um, so Eric and Leda are going to talk because he needs Leda to accept his children. And she just can't shut the fuck up. Like immediate. Well, it wasn't my fault. Uh, are you, cho- are you choosing me right now? Like, yeah. she's such a fucking... Like, just shut up. She's very emotionally coercive. And she just is so like, wait, wait. Are you going to say what I want you to say? If you're not, I don't want to hear it. Like, she's so annoying. I've known real couples like this. Oh, I'm my honest. God. Like, I can't you know, stand Sometimes her. You, have, you see a couple where one person is clearly in control of the other. And it's very disconcerting to see from the outside. Yeah. Um, it's just annoying. And then she's like, I can, I can always go back to Indonesia, you know? And I'm like, enough with the emotional blackmail. And he says the same thing. You know, and so yeah. finally she says, look, I've, I'm choosing you. I'm choose, I've chosen you over my, my family. You know, you've chosen me over your kids, so I'm happy. Ugh. She's such a Great. fucking... Win-win. She is a piece of shit. Okay. And he's over the threats. When he's a piece of shit, too. They're both. They're made for each other. Um, okay, Kalani and Iswelu. Wait, don't we have a cold on Larissa? Um, Larissa and Debbie's nail date? Um, I have that, that after. Okay, we have another one of those things, I think. Go oh, ahead. okay. And this is annoying, because I watched this episode on the DirecTV app, hoping that I wouldn't miss anything, and I think I still missed a segment. Whatever this is that you're about to say, I think I missed. Okay. So this is where Azuelo is shopping for his outfit for the wedding. Yeah, never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so they go to this, like, little boutique, and... Um, he's looking for a Samoan traditional wedding outfit, which I believe is called a La Fatega. And he's going to find that in a bo- wedding boutique in, in no, Orange it's County? it's a Samoan boutique. I, oh, it's a Samoan boutique. Yes, it's oh, wow. a Samoan lady. Um, and he, because he says that wearing the pants and the suspenders, and the, they make his ball sweat. So he would like to wear this, and it's a, it's basically a sarong. Does he want to wear a ballless pair of tux pants? He wants to wear a sarong. Yeah, but he actually wears that around the house. So I know. Makes so he sense. wants a short sarong. So um, he wants the traditional one. And the shop owner should be a mediator. She says, look, traditionally you have an outfit for the ceremony mm. and you have an outfit for the reception. And, like, the, the sarong he wanted was, like, this really loud, flowery yeah. one. And she was like, well, what about this, like, navy blue solid color one? And he's like, no, I don't want it. So she's like, you know, you can get two, one for the ceremony, or get two outfits. So he, so she says, so then he, the shop owner just says, maybe you can wear two different outfits, and then, like, walks away. And then, Yeah, but that's great for her, because then he has to buy two things from her. Well, no, because then Kalani says, how about you wear... The trousers 
and the suspenders and the shirt for the wedding ceremony. And then you can wear the fatiga or whatever. Um, yeah, for the reception. For the reception. On the boat, which is kind of fitting. Right. So then he was yeah. like, okay. And she's like, and you can even buy the fatiga that you want, which is the That's great. Loud. That's their first compromise as like a married couple. And so sort. it was really, it was nice. It was, I. I like it. The I'm sad owner, I missed it. The what sh- the heck? <laughs> what the hell? I think it's because I watched the extended version. But where do you get it? Like I'm on DirecTV. On Infinity. Oh my God! You have like a different cable provider, have, and you think that matters? Like, oh my God, that's so messed up. I don't know. I don't have Directv. I have Comcast, yeah. and we get. I mean, I swear to God, I get the first look, which is like. Oh, of so the you next get episode. maybe like extended content. And then I get, it's called extended version. I'm gonna look and make sure that I don't actually have access to that, and I'm missing it. But it's I've, the same. It's the same length of time as the regular episode, so I actually fewer commercials. This, maybe this one I actually watched the extended <coughs> version of. The one before it, I watched the regular, and it was version, the same length. And I think it was the same. So it's probably you probably get to more content, fewer commercials, which is even better. So I'm gonna start watching just the extended versions. Although you should, because then you, if, as long as one of us is seeing it, it's fine. So then we get Colt and Larissa. So we get Debbie and Larissa go get their nails done. And uh, Debbie hates Larissa. Um, but then uh, Larissa apparently talked to Fernanda and, <laughs> yeah. and got a page out of her book and decided to apologize to And Debbie. she, like, real deal takes full responsibility. Now, I have to say, I don't think she's being sincere. I don't think she's being sincere. I think she just wants this thing to She wants forward. it done, yeah. But then, so, you know, and Debbie believes it's sincere, though, so that's all that matters. Yeah, and maybe it is. I'm not saying I know. Right. I just, I'm so suspicious of, like, how quickly she turned on her heels, sort of, from, like, crazy queen, everyone else must die, to, sorry, Debbie, please live in our house with us. Yeah. And all of it sort of hinges on Colt essentially threatening to send her back to Brazil. So, to me, it's yeah. the, the motivations are very suspicious. I certainly hope, for everyone's sake, that she's being sincere. But right. I believe that in real life now... Larissa's coming out against Debbie, I think. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, so I don't I'm know. guessing that this was not legit. But again, like you said, I think Debbie, who also apologizes, is yeah. being 100% sincere. I think, it, and that's a good start. That's a good place for them to be right now. Oh, it's, I think it's the best um, they can do right now. And then they both agree. Fake it till you make it, you yeah. know? And they both agree that Colt's a mama's boy. And yeah. then, oh my God, I wanted to fucking break my television. Okay, for fuck's sake, Debbie said... I'm going to leave because you and Colt need to start your lives yeah. alone together. Yeah. And Larissa goes, no, Debbie, we should all live together. Yeah. I don't want you to leave. I'm like, she gave you an She out. gave you the this out. This whole thing started because you don't want Debbie to live with you. And now De- the mom is finally seeing reason and seeing that, you're right, I would be a third wheel. You guys should start your lives together. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, Debbie, you have to live with us. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't. I think there's a backstory there that we are not privy to. Like she says, I have a new perspective. Oh my god, I'm. It just irritated me. I'm like, I agree. You finally get what you want, and then you just, ugh. Anyway, we'll see how that works out for them. So then we go to Kalani and Azuelu's or Kalani's bachelorette party. Which, meanwhile, they're at the bachelorette, and Oliver's staying with his grandmother, not with Asuelo. And it's like, come on. And then, but she looks like she's wearing a wedding dress. People do that to bachelorettes. Like, they wear, like, a fake wedding dress. Like, a cheap. Bizarre. I never did that. No, I didn't. I mean, I thought that was very strange. Um, Oh, my God. The penis balloon. I like how she was supposed to talk into it like a microphone. That's something that like would actually happen. Oh, totally. So I thought that was fun. I, I thought her friend group was like super cute and fun. Oh, yeah. They were really cute. And they I had all down. the little stuff and it yeah, was cute. I, I was thought down. that was fun. Um, and then Kalani asked Lainey to go chat with her because she has to tell her that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And when she tells Lainey, Lainey's like, yeah, right. You know, she doesn't believe her because she thinks. Like that's how you crazy You wouldn't be so stupid as to do that. And when she realizes that. Kalani is not lying. Kalini cries. Like almost like uncontrollably. And I didn't like it. It's like, I'm sorry, this isn't a negative thing. This is well, a baby between two people who already have a baby. No one's ill. You know, no, no I one's, know that. No one's on but I think, but like to be fair, it's weird because Kalini's the younger sister. But like to be fair, if I were if this were a situation with me and my sister. 
and my sister, this is this, if my, if Kalani was my sister. If Kalani, if you were Kalini. If I were Kalini uh-huh. and Kalani was my sister, I would be like, I would be upset because I would be like, you don't have a fucking job. He can't fucking work. Mom is getting older and can't continue to take care of you. Yeah, but it was an accident. That would only be relevant. Uh, that would only be a reasonable argument, in my opinion, if Kalani got pregnant on purpose. Yeah, but the reality is, like, what's that stupid saying? Like, screw me once. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me, fool me twice, twice, shame, shame on, on me. me. Like, come on. Like, every time you get pregnant, it's an accident. I just think like, that... Like, at some I, point, you have to know what the fuck you're doing. I just think your argument fits more with someone who's made a purposeful, intentional decision. I don't Regardless know Regardless of how stupid quite she would have frankly, to... Quite frankly, I don't know that Kalani didn't. Well, no, of course we don't know, but she's at least saying that she didn't. I know, but I mean... And I believe her. I don't know. Personally. I, I actually... She's very smart. I don't know that... I think she probably was like, oh, that's so cute that he wants to have another baby with me. But, like, logically, she knows it's not a good decision, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I could see Kalini being like, how could you do this again? Like, you couldn't even afford the first one, and now you're having another one? I just say this because I know people like this in my extended family, where I'm just like, why do you keep having children? Like, stop. You cannot afford your life. And it's, it doesn't make me cry. It makes me irritated. But if it were my sibling, and I saw what a toll it was taking on my parents... And my parents were the ones who were going to have to take care of this. It would drive me. It would make me upset. I don't know that I would cry because I'm just not like that. But like it would make me angry that my parents would have to, again, take care of my sister's mistakes. And I hear you and I understand you, but I don't agree. No, I would. I would not feel that way. I would be annoyed. I I don't. I'm I think babies in general Without like certain bad situations, bad contexts, a new baby, a new pregnancy to me in general is something that should be celebrated. Like I think bar it none. Be, well, I think it should be, but I've, I guess it's because... When you're as privileged as these people are, yeah. I don't believe in like mourning. I would not personally mourn a pregnancy. I just wouldn't. And I, again, I'm not, I'm not discounting your point of view. I, don't think I completely she's get mourning it. mourning the pregnancy. I think she's mourning her sister's life choices. Yeah, but... That is so patronizing. Like, people can make their own decisions. Yeah, they live so. their lives, and we need to live and let live. Like, so much the, evil happens in this world because we judge I other know, people. I know, but I guess a part of it is, like, if it if it were totally 100% independent, but, like, Kalini basically raised her son. Yeah, but it's not like there's any expectation that she's going to be remotely involved Well, she this won't because around. she'll be in Utah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The I parents just, are not going to, in theory, be in Utah. Like Kalani's going to be there. Yes, yeah, but she they has might be now. Nobody knows. Yeah, but that's their decision. They're also adults. I know, but I, know. I could see. I mean, like, I guess it's just because I've seen. I just I have. I think so it's because you're an older sister. It might, and be, I'm a younger sister. It might be, but I know, and I know that I've just seen it so many times where I'm just like, stop! Like, what are you doing? I really, really, really get what you're saying, and I think there's a lot of legitimacy to it. It's just not how I feel. Yeah. We're going to no, have to I agree. agree to disagree. I, I agree. We should agree to disagree. I think this is part of, like, my... I This is this is the part of me that I'm trying to um, improve upon, because I feel like this is so my dad. Like, mm-hmm. he's so critical of people's decisions when they don't match what he would have done, or, like, what he thinks is right, or what he thinks is Life's wrong. Life's a lot easier when you don't second-guess other people's decisions no, in true. addition to your own, it's which true. we all second-guess all maybe, the time. But you know, maybe Lini feels like this is taken away from my own life because my parents now, their whole entire focus is you and your family. Maybe. You know, and maybe she feels a little bit of resentment towards that, like great, now mom and dad have less time for me or whatever. And I think that's fair enough because that's that's not being judgmental. That's just looking at how you're going to be affected by something. And I think that's legit. But that's not what she says. She says, oh, she doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a job. They don't have enough money. But she's not wrong. She's judging the situation. And And it's a situation she's not in. If Lini has her own apartment, you don't know how much money she's put into them or how much Kalani will rely. I mean, Kalani looks like... Kalani acts like the little siblings. No offense to little siblings. But she kind of, like, typically in the hierarchy of birth order, 
the oldest is the most responsible, right? They're the ones who are the most responsible and whatever. My and then, sister definitely is. And then you go to sister. the youngest, and the youngest one is used to being taken care of by the older sibling and the parents and, the parents, and everybody. Yeah. And in this situation, it's like she's a actually she's a total middle child. Mm, which maybe she is. A she is child. the middle child because she uh, Nick is, is the brother older than Kalani. I, I thought he was younger. Uh, well, if he's younger, then this totally throws off. My I think theory. Kalani's the oldest. If she's the oldest, then she's acting crazy because I feel like if she's the middle child, it makes more sense. I think that they that she has been, at least she maybe all of them have been infantilized by the dad who has taken on this like yeah, um, the, the chief other of this. Two, like I mean, look at Kalini moved out. She's got her own place. Yeah, Kalini seems pretty adult. To and me. Nick is while he's still living in their house, it's in another state. Yeah, yeah, he's more so, independent. Like, I agree, though. The fact that they're so terrified of the dad finding out is creepy and weird. Anyway, so she's upset, and, you know, she's like, you're a grown-ass woman, and she's right. I don't know. know Speaking of grown-ass women, though, grown-ass women don't make other people's bachelorette parties about themselves just because they got some weird news. Like, the whole thing ended up being about Kalini. It's like, screw you, man. She's still getting married tomorrow. Give her her freaking party and cry about it when you get home. The other thing, though, is, like, he did it to tie her down. What yeah, the sure. fuck? Like this, this is it's this like is two the, X. You need two X to do that. Like I'm pretty sure that's already sort of happened. And uh, I, this is the part that I just can't get past. Is yeah, they how think much they're so great as a family, that, and they're, that, 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 that people are trying to like break in yes. to their super secret club. And that Azuelo has so much power that he just he's said, just along for the ride. He is. He's like, I'm happy. Hey, we're having another kid. I yeah, don't care. Man. He's totally like, whatever, 12, 13 kids. We're good. Yeah. You he's know, like the least suspect guy who could possibly have I been know. in this situation. They're with trying them. to make him seem like he's Jay. Yeah. And he's yeah. Like so the opposite. I agree. Anyway. Okay. Well, we agree. I know. <laughs> it's okay, guys. Mom and dad are back together. <laughs> All right, so now we have, oh, the sad. Jay and Ashley. This was brutal. Okay, one week after the wedding, someone named Paige was FaceTiming Jay at midnight. 11.45. Which she said 80 times. I know. (laughs) And Ashley is upset, understandably, and she calls or she messages the woman because she, she takes his phone and she messages the woman and she's like, why are you mess- FaceTiming my husband at midnight? And she's like, who's your husband? The Jamaican guy I met on Tinder? Okay. it's a sick burn. That is fucked up right there. You know, and additionally, I'll add, when, he, when Jay was initially FaceTimed by this woman and Ashley was there, she questioned him. He said that the woman was a potential tattoo client, right. which is interesting because that's, that's exactly what he said before. So just adding that. Yeah. So Jay got mad and punched a hole in the wall because he got caught. And she's right. He's pissed that he got caught. So he created the account the day they got back from Vegas. Ouch. And she went to Natalie's house after it happened. And I'm like, Natalie, I... You did so much. I mean, well, I know you think this whole thing is fake, but let's just say that it wasn't fake. Like, no, I don't think it's totally fake. No, I think the level they took it to was fake. Okay, but the fact that she goes to Natalie's house, it's like you treated that girl so mean and so bad, and now you're going to go over there and be like, you're right. Well, well but she she's doing f- exactly what she said that Natalie said she was going to do. Yeah. You're going to come crawling back crawling to me back. when he fucks up. Yeah, I agree, but she takes a lot of ownership. She says oh, she that the, does. she, she, she does. blames herself. She says the signs were there that it was the quote Jamaican dream, which I find interesting because you know Jay had referred to that back when he was going into his visa appointment, where he explained that there was this kind of tradition in mm-hmm. Jamaica of men there kind of latching on to American women who were vacationing and then essentially trying to get into the United States with them. And I guess now she's calling it the quote-unquote Jamaican dream, mm-hmm. which I just found interesting from, like, a socio-political no, totally, standpoint. Totally. Um, and but, I mean, again, she takes it, she's taking, 
she's mea culpaing here. So she is. You know, she's like, Natalie's I was not an gonna. Idiot. Natalie's not gonna like kick her to the curb. No, Although it's Natalie same thing, saying like I was wrong, you were right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Natalie, I think, was in very poor taste. Apparently, she basically said, "I told you so." Yeah. Although, which is just not what Ashley needed at that moment. It right. wasn't, but you know, she wasn't wrong. Be a friend. Um. Okay. So the thing, though, that Ashley is, you know, saying is that like she she can't just kick him out. No, it's not a normal situation. It's not a normal situation where the guy cheats on you and you're like... It's very Molly and Louise. Yeah. Very similar to Molly and Louise where Louise basically came to the States and immediately started acting sketchy. Right. And Molly just kind of kept trying to fix it because it wasn't the normal thing yeah. where she could just get rid of him. So she, she Molly tried to really make it work. I think with Jay, it was such a more cut and dried betrayal. Well, and this thing, the thing that sucks about it is that like she had suspicions... Um, before they got married, right. and yet she went through with the marriage knowing right. that she is responsible for him, at least financially, right. for the next 10 years. Yeah, you gotta wonder, like, she wasn't just putting, like, her heart on the line, and to some extent And her taking children. a chance, because she even said before, she's like, well, if he cheats on me in America, he's out of here. But that's not actually true, because once you get married, I mean, it's worse than divorce, because in a divorce... Yeah. If this had happened and and um, with two people, two citizens, and they get married, could it like, have been an annulment? Maybe. Yeah, you can. Oh, I don't even know if you can. Trying to get an annulment is really hard. I know, but like, yeah, maybe. And he says, and this is the worst of all. I don't all. know what it is in Mechanicsburg, though. Maybe yeah, I don't in Pennsylvania. She asks him why he did it, and he says he was bored. Like, yeah, I'm guessing bored. that means bored with her. Well, I think he was bored in general because she was gone at work all day. I mean, it's just like Fernanda. Yeah, except Fernanda didn't go around. Yeah, because Fernanda's like obviously an adult and more mature. We already know that. But like the other thing is that like, I mean, if you get a divorce, you're not on the hook for 10 years unless you've been married for a really long time. I know. But like even, I mean, I just did a divorce for somebody and they've been married for seven years. And she was, they got married when she was like in her early 50s and she never worked. She had children oh. had been married before, and he had children had been married before. He makes a lot of money, and even though they'd only been married for seven years, he's paying her spousal support for like four years. Four years ain't ten years. Four or five years, and he's like upset about that because mm-hmm. long time, but it's not even ten years. And that's a situation where she cannot work because she's in her late fifties and has didn't go to college, has no mm-hmm. skills or whatever, and he makes a ton of money. So like that's. That even in that situation, he doesn't have to pay for ten years. And this situation, I mean, she's gonna have to take care of him for a long time. Getting married, it just seems like for for what you're going to be on the hook for, it seems like ninety days is such a short and kind of irresponsible length of time to make such a huge decision that's really gonna impact your life for the next 10 years. You know, you brought up a good point. He's, he went on Tinder so quickly after they got married, it really raises the question of whether he really was just legit playing her the entire time to get to the I States. And as soon as they it. were married, he felt safe to do what he was always gonna do. I feel like that's he rough. liked her because she was hot. She's like a patsy. She's good looking, yeah, she's good looking. He wants to have sex with her. Sure. Why not? I don't doubt that he's attracted to her. Yeah, no, no. He's I, just not committed, ready to be committed to anybody. He's not ready to be married. And he knows that and he said that. Ugh. He said, he, he told those guys at the barbershop, hey, if I didn't have to get married to stay in this country. I, I wouldn't. wouldn't. So he was not lying about that. But she's right. She <coughs> she ignored all the red flags. Well, guys, that, that about wraps up the episode. Um, we would probably continue dissecting this but our children had just gotten home yeah. <laughs> we're on we're on mom we're on here. borrowed time so anyway we will be back soon hopefully maybe tomorrow hopefully hopefully or soon with the season finale and then the tell all very exciting exciting all right talk to you guys later bye. bye legal disclaimer this is a personal podcast just for fun solely meant for entertainment purposes We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. 
Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Assad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.